Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, turn over to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. I want to kind of continue in the vein that Pastor Angie was on assignment last week. In fact, you know, before I ever go out of the out of town, um, I, I just don't let our, you know, I don't have people that I'm thinking of and say, okay, if I'm not here, so-and-so is ministering. You know, I'm always thinking. In fact, there's many times we get in our staff meeting, they're like, you know, you hadn't assigned anyone to minister. I said, well, I hadn't got someone yet. It's not because I couldn't just pick people at random. That's pretty simple. Um, but, you know, sometimes I do, I mean, often and always, I know that God wants to utilize the gifts within the body. And so, you know, you want to be able to pick the ones that God's saying, I need them to release something. And so, you know, um, I pick accordingly to that. And so um, I'm, um, and then sometimes they'll ask, Pastor, what do you want me to minister on? And, um, you know, sometimes, and they can do, you know, they can testify. Sometimes like, man, whatever's in your heart. You know, because I trust the Holy Ghost in them. Um, you know, I'm with them day in and day out. And I understand they're going to minister. A lot of times they'll joke around that, you know, they're going to reveal the Antichrist while I'm gone and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, obviously uh, they never do that. <laughs> um, uh, but with that being said, you know, we, you give them liberty. But sometimes you just kind of get it in your heart that I need them to mine out a specific subject. Uh, because, you know, the gift that they are, are they're going to tackle that subject different than I would. Um, and so I give assignments. And so I gave an assignment, you know, to them this time, all of them actually. It seemed that it was right that I needed them to minister what they were specifically doing. And the things that we're doing in our community are so overwhelming, it's almost, uh, you almost have to step back and take your breath. Um, and, and you're like, can we do that? Can we do that? Now there's a statement that I make in our vision partnership and I say this, I said, you know, because you're here, we can now accomplish some things. Because the reality is there's some things we want to accomplish, but it requires the personnel to accomplish it. Because it was never my task to do so. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, there's a great uh, biblical example of that, is that there became a challenge in the community with feeding widows. And so they came to the leadership of the church, the apostles, and said, look, you know, we got some widows here that's not getting fed right, and we need to do something about it. Well, the apostle, well, Peter, was like, look, that's not our assignment. Not that we can't do it, but at the end of the day, that's not our assignment. We're bigger than just us. So here's the candidates that would be qualified in order to feed widows. And that was a pretty high standard. Uh, they had to be full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. They weren't people that just got into the kingdom of God. And so they're like, you know, these are the ones we're looking for. Well, uh, one person started this ministry of feeding widows. His name was Stephen. And he became a powerhouse just because he answered a call to help the community through the church. I said through the church. And it developed his gift. And his gift was so powerful that it made Jesus stand up. Let that sink in. At his stoning, Jesus gives him a standing ovation. Gets up off his throne. 
Wow. And that ministry started because he met a need in the community through the church. You know, so what we're doing is way bigger than all of us. And, but it takes every one of us to accomplish it and to do it selflessly. To really start functioning as the church was designed. And we're going to have that church here. Now, you've got to ask yourself, are you going to be a part of that or not? And that's totally up to you. But it's going to happen here. It's going to happen on this property. It's going to happen through this thing called Anchor Faith Church, not only in this location, but in Valdosta, in Nicaragua, in Dominican Republic, and in India. In every location we have, it's going to manifest because Jesus Christ is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, a place where they grow in love towards one another, where they're unified around the vision, and they do it selflessly in love with one another, seeking first the kingdom. It's going to happen. And I know it's going to happen because God said it would happen, that there would be a church at the end that was greater than the former one because the latter reign is better than the former reign, and we're going to mature, and we're going to be doing great exploits. We're going to, like, the, the world has never seen the church like it has. Now, there are going to be counterfeits. I get it. There's always a counterfeit. Because the devil's always trying to counterfeit God. But the authentic and real will be here. And we're going to be those people. Period. So just position yourself to be that. But in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it said, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And I love how Pastor Angie uh, uh, communicated once again that world is not planet Earth. It is the systems that are within the world that is the sectors of society, and she broke down those sectors of society once again for you. And if you did not hear that message last week, you need to go online and listen to it, okay? And so many people have gotten this completely wrong because they say, oh, we got to go into all the world, and they're thinking nations only, and they're not even thinking about the sectors of society. And, you know, and... And you're commissioned to go tomorrow, today. Yes. You're to go. Yes. And the minute you go to Publix, you're in a sector of society. It's called business. Right. Are you hearing me? Yes. You're already in a place of the world, a cosmos, a, a order-arranged way that something functions, that you're the light of Jesus Christ to shine. Not only are you the light, but you're the righteousness of God in Christ, which means if you've been made righteous by Christ, you ought to reflect that righteousness. So again, when you're out doing something, it's not your work, but it is the work that God did in you, so you ought to do it. Our righteous work should be demonstrated. And we are to go into every sector of society. There's not one that we should not penetrate. And we as a church are not technically penetrating them all at this juncture. But God has given us a plethora of opportunities starting to show up. And so really, you have to start really shifting your mind through that word repent. Because repent is not a religious word. It's not getting born again. It means change your thinking. And you're going to have to change your thinking about how you're engaged in the world. Because your first number one priority is not your family. It is your Lord. 
Jesus. Number one. And he wants you to affect your family by living God in front of your family and worshiping him first. Now I can answer Pastor Marcy's question of why men struggle is because they were given the mandate first. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let him have dominion. And he took Adam without Eve, placed him in the garden and said, this is the assignment. Because man fell from dominion, man always struggles in this system of wanting to fulfill the higher call. Because Adam was perfect and failed. We were equated with not doing it God's way. So we can go back to doing it our way a lot easier. Especially when we have lazy teaching concerning the grace of God and other things that are basically trying to empower people to not actually live by faith or follow the voice and command of God. We don't teach lordship correctly. Where again, lordship is just a prayer in your heart. That's not lordship. Lordship is you have it all. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we are to go into every part of the world and preach the gospel. Now we know the gospel. The gospel is not only that Jesus Christ died on the cross. That is the door. The gospel is the kingdom. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom and the kingdom is the good news. The good news is that all the junk that's going on in the world today is gonna be fixed. Because a superpower, I said a superpower is already in the planet. And it's not China, it's not Russia, and it's sure in the United States, but it is the kingdom of God and its weapons and warfare are more powerful than the nukes that are in totality of every nation. We are a superpower. We are a supernatural power. And we are a nation that will live forever. And our king's coming back. I said our king's coming back. All right? So Jesus, in order for us to fulfill the go, we need to know why we're going. Need to know why you're going. And he kind of lets us in on this in Matthew chapter 4. Pretty basic, simple teaching I'm going to do today, but it's to stir you up. In Matthew 4, 17, starting Matthew 4, starting verse 17, because I want to set context with that verse, and then we'll go down to verse 22. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus saying, change your thinking, the kingdom's here. I said the kingdom's here. Now that he's delivered the message and he is in his ministry on his assignment to let the world know the kingdom is back, it is in operation, and I'm going to give you access to it. I'm going to give you access to it. Why? Because I'm going to die so I can reproduce after my own kind. I'm going to be the seed that goes in the ground. I'm the seed mentioned in uh, Genesis chapter 3. 
I'm the seed that's coming. And when I die, I'm going to bring forth a plant that's going to allow you to become my fruit. I'll be the vine and you'll be the branches. And if you'll remain in me, you're going to bear much fruit. You're going to produce the fruit of the kingdom. You're going to operate in the kingdom. You're going to be back underneath the rule of God. You're going to be able to function in the uh, capacity that the kingdom offers um, humanity. And so in order for that to take place, I'll die, but I'll be raised up. And when you call on my name and make me Lord, supreme in authority, not the confession of where you go when you die. That's not Jesus. Jesus is not, where am I going to go when I die, God? Jesus is Lord of my life now. And then he changes me now. And then puts the third person of the Godhead in me now and makes me like him now and allows me to function like him now. And like he was in the earth, I get to be like he was. Oh, well, that's better shout than that, but that's okay. So from there, he says, okay, I'm deployed my message now. It's time to recruit. Because I can't do it alone. I'm going to do my part that nobody else can do. But what I'm doing was never about me. Because if it was about Jesus, Jesus is like, I didn't sin. I haven't blown it. Jesus could literally be on the planet today. Literally. Because Jesus was a man who knew no. And the wages of sin is... So Jesus should never. And if the devil would have known that, he would have said, don't touch the guy. Because if he doesn't die, he can't produce after his own kind. And he'd have still been here. But he didn't know. Because he's stuck in his cycle. He comes to kill. All right, let me have a water if you don't mind. <coughs> now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, okay? Simon, who was called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for, their, uh, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going a little bit further, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and, his, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father mending their nets, and he called them, and he said, immediately, uh, called them, immediately they left their boats and their father and followed him. Notice the call to lordship was they had to leave everything. They left everything. Now, you may not have to leave your job, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but you do have to leave your way of living. That has to happen. And so Jesus says, I've got a message, but I'm not here to do it alone because I'm going to do my part. Because after I do my part, which means I die and I'm raised from the dead, then I'm going to impart this same message into them because they'll be like me. And then they're going to go everywhere and begin to catch men. Because it's not just about me. And since it's not about me, it's about everyone to have an opportunity to be what they originally were 
created to be. And that is man in the image of God. Having dominion, rulership, life with the Father, alive to God again. He says, in order for this to take place, this organization has to grow. And it must be a global one. Which means I'm recruiting. I'm recruiting. You know, we have so much fallacy in the American church. Okay? Which is carrying over into the world. Because the problem, the, the problem with that is, is we are the greatest senders or exporters. The United States exports, its greatest export is missionaries. We export, uh, export them to all kinds of nations. And the problem is, is they're actually taking some kinds of uh, thinking concerning Jesus that isn't in its totality the right lens. It can, it can get you born of God, but it doesn't tell you how you are to function as a child of God. Many are getting saved and waiting to die. And God never intended for your Christian existence to be waiting to die. Nor to tell people to ask Jesus to come into their heart and save them and wait to die like you. Because Jesus wasn't walking around waiting to die. Jesus was transforming places. And so did the original apostles, as well as the apostle Paul. They were community changers. I mean, they would go into places and people would abandon their way of life, even their livelihood. In fact, Paul went into one location and the blacksmiths who made the idols realized what these guys were doing, that people were abandoning the craft or their, their job, I mean, what they're manufacturing, that they're like, we're going to lose all of our money if this guy keeps preaching. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so they started a whole stir because they did not want to lose their livelihood, which ultimately was not life anyway. But we need to be changers within our community because, again, we talk about the church without walls. Okay, well, what's that mean? And how do we, de- how do we deploy ourselves then? Because, again, it's not because we don't lack opportunity. Now, there was a season of Anchor Faith Church that would be 20 years in April. April be our 20th year of planning this church. And there were seasons that God wasn't giving us certain things because we sure weren't ready. I mean, we just working on us. Are you hearing me? And he gave us some assignments. We did a few things. But now we have shown ourselves so faithful that God has the world coming to us. And they're saying, what do you, what do you think? What can you do? Uh, could you get involved? How can you help? Now, when they say you, they're not saying Pastor Earl. I'm not the head of the church. I'm just pastor and for this ministry, apostle uh, of a work called Anchor Faith Church. Other than that, and then I'm still submitted under another organization called Rama. that I'm submitted to that leadership. And if they need me to help do some things, I will. Which Pastor Fatmir uh, and... Um, Pastor um, Bruna, she said, Pastor Earl, when you come back to Athens to teach at the schools, Rhema Bible Training Colleges in Thessaloniki and Athens, and then also back in when you go to Albania, I want you to preach on kingdom economics. Because I've heard 
that you've, the way you minister it, we've not heard this. So that's my assignment when I go back, is that we're going to take dominion air. Are you hearing me? Into these nations. Hallelujah. And we're working on that book right now. It's almost finished. Glory to God. Amen. So here we are. We've got to deploy ourselves and we all have an assignment in it. And God here to get his message out says, I got to go recruiting. Now, we typically look at the Matthew 4 and we stay focused on, I'll make you fishers or men. And then we go into what we call evangelism. Okay. Hallelujah. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. Most of the, uh, most of the evangelisms that's within uh, churches today are religious programs. I'm just going to be honest. Now, I'm not going to tell you who that is and what it is, and I'm not asking you to go figure it out. I'm just telling you that they have formulized evangelism, and it's not even in the model of the Bible. Because, again, the first issue with evangelism is that you can't go talk to anybody you want to. Because Jesus is the Lord of the harvest and children of God are to be led by the Spirit of God. What you can do at full liberty is live your life in any place. That means nobody can stop your life from shining. Which means when you're in line and all of a sudden somebody's in the express lane and they don't know how to work the machine and you start behind them now thinking, surely you should have went to a cash register. You need help. And it's uh, express, only 10, and you got 15. So why are you in this line anyway? Right? And you're wanting to be aggravated, but you don't. Because you're eating your fruit. And you're being patient. And you're even starting to offer help. Would you like some help? I could scan that for you. I can help you out. And you smile and you're all nice. Well, you know what? The person behind you may be aggravated and wondering why you can keep your calm. Now, they may never ask. But yet, nobody can stop your life from shining, meaning your character of the kingdom has full display all the time and should be. Because somebody's watching you always. You are in a glass house. Just know that. Because even when you think that you're somewhere that nobody knows you, somebody knows you. I mean, the Lord does, for sure. But you could be that one element in the midst of chaos that somebody's like, something different about you. Reminds me of the testimony of Joshua Clay when he went into Dubai or one of our uh, Middle Eastern countries country and he needed to technically have a visa based upon having to come out of the system and go back in the way he bought flights. And so he heard he could get one there, but then they acted like, no, you couldn't. So they end up taking all the people who didn't technically have them and shoved them in a room. And man, everybody was going crazy. But Joshua heard the Lord say, it's going to be all right. So you know what he did? He just took a step back from everybody else that was crying, screaming, yelling about not being able to get on their next flight. And you understand the Arabs didn't care. They, they are not moved by you. In fact, they're a little put out that you're even coming through, just to be honest with you. You know, they're like, okay, is an infidel. We got an infidel. We got a Westerner here. I'm not really excited about you. All right? I'm just going to let you know they're not excited about you. 
So with that being said, he just took a step back, right? And he, God ended up ha having a conversation with one of the security people or whatever, TSA maybe or whatever. And, um, you know, he just stayed with the Holy Ghost. Well, next thing you know, this TSA guy, because Josh is acting in totally different culture, says, you want some coffee? He said, oh, I love some coffee. So he got him a cup of coffee. Then the people are like, where'd you get coffee from? He's like, well, TSA guy got it for me. Right? The next thing you know, he goes, where are you going? He told him, he says, come on, come with me. Next thing you know, he got him through. Now, the guy doesn't know him, but the culture showed up. Now, he may not know you personally, but something can, and that's always on. Now, you know what Joshua didn't do? He didn't say as he was transporting him to get his visa. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so, if you were to die today, do you know where you'd go? Evangelism 101. I'm going to take you down the Romans road. And he'd have took him back to the room. And he'd have missed all of his flights. Because the Lord didn't need him to say something that day. Because the Lord was already talking another way. And so evangelism in and of itself has a lot of complications. And the reason why so many people are put off of the church today is because we have obnoxious not spirit-led, but fear-driven, fear-messaging. What if you died today? Well, that's a great message. Right? Because it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Not cause them to be afraid of going to hell. Now, some would say, well, man, I was afraid and I, I got, well, I get it. You know, hey, I can't help that, you know, you came in a wrong way. Now, I'm not saying you didn't come in right. You asked Jesus to be a part of your, of your life. But again, you were basically kind of manipulated. Okay. And I tell you right now, a lot of people who were afraid to go to hell, they don't have the same commitment in church. All right. But Jesus is going a whole other direction here. When he says, follow me. In order to understand this, you need to go over to Luke chapter five. I'm going to try to wrap this up in the next 15 minutes because we need to do water baptism. In Luke chapter five, verses one through 11, it says this, and this is the same context of Matthew chapter four and also Mark chapter one because there's another context, Mark. And again, we go, you know, we're making fishers of men, making fishers of men. Now let's go evangelize in Romans Road. Let's go and knock on every door. Let's ask people, da, 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 da. And I'm not saying those methods didn't work and that people weren't genuinely changed. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, if you want the biblical model, the biblical model is, is that you're just supposed to go into your sector of society, your community, and live it, and hear God on how to say things. And when you do that, your success rate will go up. Because you need to understand that sometimes your conversation is not to win them. It's only to plant. And some of you is to water, not drown. You know, you can drown a seed. 
Somebody planted the seed about Jesus and they were leaning until you showed up and you drowned them. Now they don't want nothing to do with Jesus because you're trying to drive it home. You don't have enough spiritual sensitivity to know that they're really not taking the bait. Because you know not everyone who goes fishing catches fish. Yeah, sometimes just like you can't keep them off the hook. But then other times, I mean, you're, you're wondering, did they, is there any left in the water? But sometimes they'll tease you and you'll see them and you're like, seriously? But you know what? They ain't hungry for what you're offering at the end of the day. So there's no catch. And the reason why we as a church have to be, understand the real evangelism that's in the Bible and why we're saying we have to mobilize in our community is because you understand, uh, so, sometimes it may take us years to get some. But if we're not in the area for years, we'll never reap it. Because we only see the work we do is when we come here and we do our internal stuff and then when the call to, hey, we've got this opportunity here and you could do this. Pastor Angie mentioned something about fathers, some program that the county's doing and I thought to myself, well, yeah, we're going to find out about that one. Because again, you shouldn't be graduating that many people with swords to hang on a dang wall. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to tell you that the child you're going to mentor is going to come to Christ. But I can tell you this. They won't go before the Lord with, that, with the excuse that someone in their community wasn't giving them the opportunity. At the end of the day. For some, we're going to be the Jeremiah too, which means we're going to tell the truth. We're going to prophesy. We're going to give them it. And they're not going to repent. It's going to happen. That's evangelism. Some you don't ever catch. But they still hear the message. But there are plenty that will. And we would do more because more people are open to receive when you just keep showing up somewhere. Because I don't understand why Netflix and Hulu, 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 should get more time than an opportunity. Because at the end of the day, on December the 12th, at five o'clock, if, you if you're off, instead of going home to watch a segment of Fox News or CNN, you could come to the Flagler game and make an impression for an hour and a half. And could change somebody's life for all eternity. And it doesn't mean all of us have to come, although that would be really impressive, just to let you know. Because it'd be pandemonium if we all showed up at once and started cheering for Flagler, right? That's why they called us on the first place, because they saw, saw us show up at the Washington games. They're like, these people are fanatics. They're, these are followers of these teams. Yes, these are our own. Amen. And we are all warriors at heart, right? Okay, so let's go back to Luke 5. Luke 5 once says, now it happened that while a crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake, by this lake. Now notice in Matthew's account of 417, he said he went preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then it goes on, he says, as Jesus walked by. 
This is something happening at once. So Jesus is preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He is literally ministering the word and he's by his lake and he comes around and he says, two men uh, saw two uh, boats lying on the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them. They were washing their nets. They had gotten into one of the boats. He had gotten into one of the boats, which was Simon's, that's Peter, and asked him to put out a little bit from the land that he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. So again, Matthew 4 17 has a lot more context in Luke chapter 5. So now he's in Peter's boat preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While Peter and his brother Andrew and John and James are mending their nets on the shore hearing the message. Okay? So then he goes on and it says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out to the deep water and let down your net for a catch. Simon answered and said to Jesus, he said, master, we worked hard all night, caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. And when he had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. Now they had been in this same place all night long and caught what? Nothing. Nothing. But at a word from the king. At a word from the king. He goes on. It says this, that, that they enclosed so much that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their what? to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to what? They began to see. This is how much fish. But when Simon, verse 8, Peter saw, he fell down at Jesus' feet. Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For the amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which he had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on, you will be what? Catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Now, I find it interesting that Jesus' call to their call of apostleship happened in a sector of society. He met them at their place of business. He showed up at the business and was preaching to a crowd and then used one of their boats, fishing boats that they fished all night in and caught nothing, which means it's not good for the business or for the family. And Jesus uses this as a type and shadow of how we are going to catch the community. Are you hearing me? How you catch the community. Because here's the thing. You can do all that you want to do all by yourself, you know, and do your own programs. But if you'll do exactly what God says when he says, then you can maximize the results. Are you hearing me? So he goes into their sector of society, their business, and he says, listen, go ahead and launch out. Go into the deep and put your net down. Of which he's taken the time to clean the whole thing up. Now, in the U.S. society today, they'd be like, nah, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. 
Your grace is sufficient with me. I'm going to say that again. Your grace is sufficient with me. I'll do it tomorrow. So modern day Christianity is called laziness because we don't obey God when we hear him. We want to set the timetable when we're going to obey because his grace, because it's really not what I do. Well, if you don't do it when he said to do it, because it's not you doing it anyway, it's you doing it at his word. But if you can't do it at his word when you want to, just ask the Israelites when they came back the next day and said, okay, we'll take the promised land. Lord's like, forget about it. <laughs> Don't be coming 24 hours later and tell me you ready now. Forget about it. Right? And again, we are to obey the voice of the Lord, even in this dispensation. We are to be out and about the Father's business, doing what he says when he says and we will have the productivity. But here's the thing. He gives a word to one guy, Simon. So that tells me Simon must have been the head of the company. Simon, go on out there. So Simon got the word from the Lord on what to do with the business. He let down his net, and it was so much that he, as the CEO of the company, could not pull it in by himself. And what does God teach him? Son, what I have for you, you just can't do alone. So let me just tell you this. If you're pushing out from the shore and you're letting down your net and you can do everything in your ministry by yourself, well, then it's your self-proclaimed ministry. Because when God gets involved, he's going to let you know right out the gate, this is way bigger than you and you're going to need some help. And you're going to need some partners, bro. You're going to need some partners. Because Jesus is saying this, I just preached this kingdom. I'm the one who's going to die on the cross and be raised from the dead. Nobody can do that but me. But yet, I need me some partners. I need me some partners. I need some people that are going to the highway and the byway that can go ahead of me and pray in this community. I need somebody to go lay hands on the sick before I show up so that when I show up, they know what you did is what I bring. And so he proves this out, that it was never about personal, but it was about partnership. It was about mobilization. And why is it mobilization? Because the kingdom is an advancing force that is constantly moving and it's advancing and it's moving forward and it has buy-in on all, on everybody. God demands buy-in. He demands it. It's not optional. It's not optional. This is fully committed to the vision you're assigned to, the place that he's given someone oversight of your soul, and you are to have total, complete spirit, soul, and body buy-in. 
It should be what you're eating and breathing and drinking every day of your life. You should wake up and say, what in the world is Anchor Faith Church going to do in St. Augustine today? Because I'm a part of a mighty moving force of God. God handpicked me to be a part of a mighty moving force. They can't be stopped. The gates of hell can't prevail against it. And even Christ, even religion can't stop me. I mean, I'm telling you right now, 2024, the net's already been laid out and we are getting a glimpse of a catch that is so big, I'm having to say, you need to get off the shore and get out here and help me pull this net in. You gotta help me pull it in. For the fatherless, for the widows, for the disadvantaged, for the businesses. I mean, God is just opening up so many doors. But you're gonna have to say, I'm all in. You eat, breathe, drink it. It's your identity. You say, wait a minute, my identity's in Christ. Well, the last time I checked, Christ is the head of the church. So if you don't identify with the church, you don't even identify with Christ. You have a false religion. There's so much opportunity. Because I'm going to tell you right now, as Pastor Angie said last week, gosh, if you will do God's plan for your life, you're going to prosper on all fronts. Amen. Nothing can stop you. Amen. Nothing can stop you. Nothing. Got to give you so many creative ideas to free up your time. And some of your time is only where it's at because you're stuck in the wrong system. You're living your life based upon a world system and not a kingdom system. And you got to reevaluate that. Because to come into the kingdom was never about going to heaven. Although you'll go. Coming into the kingdom was about you partnering with the head of the church himself. And the vision he gives to the CEO of the church on earth called the pastor. And together, you change the world. Leo, have we not done something in West Augustine already? And we're just getting started. And the opportunities abound. I mean, they abound. I'm telling you, if I personally tried to fill every role, there is not enough time in the day. But God never intended me to do it. He said, just put the net out. And when they start coming in, make no mistake about it. I'm like, hey, and I'm hollering at you. I need you to help me pull this one in. I need you to help me pull this one in. I need you to help me pull this one in. I need you to help me pull this one in. And you need to be sitting on ready. Are you hearing me? Not closing up shop. 
Because if you're into closing up shop, that just tells me you need to go to another church. And there's plenty of them out there to accommodate your lifestyle. And that, uh, it don't bother me because there's only one lifestyle here. God, kingdom, it's him and him alone. It's him and him first. It's him and him and all that he does. Because anyone who's genuinely sought God first has never lost their family. Has never lost their kids. Now when I say that, kids are of their own free will anyway. They can do whatever they want to do. Because there's kids that are right here now whose parents are loving God with all their heart, but the kids ain't loving God at all. And it's not because the parents aren't giving them an example. I mean, that, that, that's their own free will. We can't do anything about that. But we can do us. And so don't you let somebody tell you because you did this much with the church. That's bogus. That's bunk. Because you know as well as I do, there is no hope unless you're connected with it. Because this is where life is. So he calls the partners in. And they helped him pull it in. And it was so much that even what they had almost sunk them both. You know what that tells me? Even when we all get involved, we're going to think like, we need more people. We need another partner. So we'd had another partner with another boat. You see what I'm saying? This is why every time I do a vision partner, I said, when we first started Anchor Bay Church, we said... Well, we're a beginning church. We're not a small church. Because you know what? God desires that all would repent and come to the knowledge of him, right? So how do you put a limit on how large you are? You know, and people, I love small church. Well, I mean, I love a church that loves God and is growing and, and willing to add people. Are you hearing me? And we want to constantly add. And we want to add more than what we have. Why? Because the catch is great. And there are more people that are destined for the prison system of the kingdom right now than there are that are going in the planet today. And if you think this is going to happen just because we get a YouTube channel and we print some books, that is not going to do it. It's going to take your personal effort to get your hand on doing something and getting involved. <coughs> and when you do it, I'm telling you, St. Augustine can never be the same. It's already transforming right in front of your eyes. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.